today's episode, we're talking about control and responsibility and why you have to take control of your business if you want to get the results that you want and you can't rely on the useless Liz Truss and co in government at the moment. A quick announcement before we get into it. Sometimes we walk the line a little bit. Things get a little bit close to the knuckle. There's some explicit content that we've had to get rid of. In these episodes, you'll notice it because it'll be bleeped out some real touchy topics that we're rather controversial on. If you want to listen to it completely uncensored, you can do so at our membership site. If you want to get yourself in there and you're not in there already, you've got to buy yourself a copy of the book at wellfedfreelancer.com. That gives you an honorary bronze membership where you'll be able to listen to all our lovely jubblies completely uncensored whenever you like. Anyway, into the episode. Morning, everyone. I, I tell you what, I tell you what, that the universe, it, it gives me gifts and keeps on giving. Today, I wanted to talk about responsibility control after my email this morning and the decisions we've made concerning the business and the program, core control we're releasing. And then as I was uh, actually stretching my Achilles tendons this morning, standing by the chair to lean on, Mrs. EBG gave me, what the, uni- gave me the universe's gift. She passed it on. That fucking quasi Cortain, whatever his name is, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, probably one of the highest, one of the most powerful jobs in the country, in any government, is blaming his piss poor shit show of a budget on. He was under lots of pressure because of the, the Queen's death. And apparently, he even cited the fact, I don't get where this came from, but Sarah swore it was true, cited the fact he'd been to the Birmingham Jamboree. And it was putting you under lots of pressure. Dude, you are in like a high powers job. You expect lots of pressure. If you can't do the fucking job, you shouldn't be doing it. He should be fired straight away. You know, I don't care what job you're in. If you can't take the pressure, you should not be fucking doing it. He is, he's just admitted he's incompetent. He's basically saying, I couldn't do my job properly because I was emotionally unable to cope with it but <laughs> you are setting fucking financial policy you should not be doing it anyway he has got control he's got massive control of lots of things and along with that control unavoidably comes responsibility and what he's doing is he's, he loves the control i'm fucking sure cunts like him love control they like to tell other people what to do and get their fucking fingers into their lives, but he doesn't want to take responsibility for his piss poor shit show decisions. What a useless waste of fucking protoplasm he is. He should not be in government ever. Ever. A few questions, John. Yes. What's the Birmingham Jamboree? I have no fucking idea. But it doesn't sound very pressurizing to me. I don't want to know because it'll upset me more. That's why I kind of want to find out. It's a scout thing. I don't know. I have no idea. What I do know is, what I do know is, a politician should not be blaming it for putting him under so much pressure he can't do his fucking job. So the, 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 the jamboree is just like a, a meetup for anyone who is in the scouts. You know, like the Boy Scouts. This is what I'm reading, John. 
how old do you have to be to go to a scout jamboree? Do I want to know this? 14 to 17, and their leaders can come. <laughs> so he's a leader. <laughs> this, this isn't looking good, is it? The World Scout Jamboree is a world scouting event for young people aged 14 to 18 and is a gathering of scouts and guides from all over the world for exciting programs of global development, peace and cultural understanding, adventure, fun, fun and friendship. So the reason the budget shit is... Yeah, right. Can we just stop talking about that bit? Because it's 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 just fucking ludicrous, man. That's what Sarah said anyway. I mean, I'm just passing on the message. Apparently, going to the jamboree was was influential in his shit decision making. He's not competent for doing the job. He just isn't. He's proven that. He's admitted it. So, so he's come out and said that the reason the budget was shit is because he was under pressure. So yeah, you're, you're spot on. He's not fit to do his job. Pressure, yeah. When when you get to the upper echelons, yeah, of fucking business and whatnot, you realise pressure's kind of made up anyway. It's not even a real thing. You have constraints, like time constraints, and you have expectations, but you create pressure on yourself. I suppose having never been to a jamboree, I mean, perhaps I'm missing something here. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I despise politicians, and I particularly despise him right at this moment. I mean, it's, to be fair, I don't despise him. I don't know him. I despise what he stands for and what he's said. And he should not be in that job for a moment longer. He just shouldn't be. And the thing is, though, I mean, people don't seem to understand. We have control over three things. So if you can imagine you've got a, a set of axes like that. Yeah. In the top right hand, like that. So it's like a, like a, like a math... No, like a cross, a mathematical cross, x-axis and a y-axis. Now, the x-axis goes from left to right, and on the left-hand side, you've got no control, and on the right-hand side, you've got full control. And then you've got the y-axis going from top to bottom, and at the top, you've got... Um, sorry, the, the, the left to right, you've got um, not important and important. And then going up and down, you've got control at the top and not in, no control at the bottom. Now... Most people, we, we have actually, we can only control three things in life. Our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. Now, most people, I mean, anyone of sound mind can control those three things. And they have full control of them. And if you don't have control of them, then maybe you should be in therapy. You probably shouldn't be running a business. And maybe if you really cannot control your emotions, your feelings, and your actions, maybe you should be... In, maybe you should be sectioned because you're unsafe to, to be around people and yourself. But all the things being equal, normal people with, with, with good mental health, except for mental health, have control of their thoughts, their feelings, and their actions. Now, if, if they don't, or they tell you they don't, they, they, they disclaim responsibility for these things, they're, they're simply wrong. And what they're doing is they are choosing to allow their thoughts and their feelings and their actions to be dictated by external events. Well, as Neil Peart wrote, um, wrote in his song, Free Will, if you choose not to decide, you've still made a choice. You know, you're still responsible. You cannot abdicate responsibility for those three things. And freelancers and other business owners, they want the freedom. They want the control that being a business owner brings. 
but they don't want responsibility. So they want the they want the control on the money and the control of their time and things, but they don't want responsibility of having to put the message out there and invoice and, and set their prices and their terms and conditions. So they actually do get this control. Now, those three things are in the top right hand corner. You have you have, they're important and you have full control of them. If we go if we then circle around to the left, anti-clockwise, next to that we've got stuff which we have full control over, but just ain't important. Stuff like, I don't know, which shoe you put on first in the morning, um, which hand you use to brush your teeth. All right? It's really inconsequential, but you still have full control over it. Then down bottom left-hand corner, you've got stuff which is not important and you have no control over it. And stuff like that would be other people's opinions, what they write on LinkedIn, their sexuality, their choice of sexual partner, whether they have tattoos or earrings, what kind of clothes they wear, their opinions on politics and, and gender identity. It's, it's all none of your business, none of your control, and it's not important. And then on the right-hand side, bottom right-hand corner, you've got stuff over which you have no control, but it is important, like the weather. Is North Korea going to start a nuclear war? Is Putin going to start a nuclear war? Are we all going to run out of fucking food and water in the next 50 years? It's all important stuff, but we don't have any direct control over it and we have little influence. The thing is, most people spend all their time worrying about those three areas where they're either not important or they have no control. And most, the worst of all is they focus on that bottom left-hand corner stuff that's not important and you have no control over it. Other people's opinions, terms and conditions put out by unscrupulous businesses. You know, you don't control what they offer per thousand word blog. What you control is whether or not you take the job. And almost no one focuses on that top right hand corner, thoughts, feelings and control. And some people go out of their fucking way to avoid taking responsibility for those three things. You know, so and so wrote this on LinkedIn and it made me angry. It made me sad. Don't write these things on social media because it will upset other people's mental health. Well, you know, if you can't go on social media, without it being deleterious to your mental health, the answer is not to stop other people expressing their freedom of speech. The answer is for you to grow up, become resilient, fix your own mental health. I mean, people say we want mental health to be treated like physical health. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do we do with fat people? We tell them to move more and eat less. We give them options. What we don't do is say, well, you, let's close all McDonald's down. Let's, let's stop supermarkets from selling sweet and fatty foods and high calorie foods. Let's stop Netflix from, from, from showing films so people have to sit on, the TV, sit on the sofa watching TV. That's what we don't do. So why should we take a different approach to mental health? You, want, you, know, you can't have your cake and fucking eat it. You want people to take responsibility for their physical health. Well, they should do the same with their mental health. If you can't stand the fucking heat, don't go in the kitchen. It's a slippery slope there, John slippery slope because what we're currently doing with fat people is putting them on the front of men's health uh that currently uh there's a i can't remember the women swim week i think it is like it's renowned for having like the, the best bodies you've ever seen swim week i think it is magazine the best bodies you've ever seen on women uh recently they put this massive fat bird on the front cover as part of inclusivity and saying it's not a bad thing to be fat and that you should love yourself regardless and it's like there's mixed messages in there because yeah you should love yourself regardless but yeah you you shouldn't be fat to be fair i'm now looking at 
a load of men's health cover magazines and there's no one fat on the front of any of them. They're all mostly, mostly young guys, mostly young guys. Um, oh, Vin, Vin Diesel. There's that old bloke, can't remember his fucking name now, but he's, he's older than me and he's great. Um, Jeffrey Lyle, that's right, I think. Oh, it's his book. So no, there's no fat people on the front of men's health. There's some hot, hot dudes on there though. It must have been a swims week then. No, no. Men's Health magazine celebrates body positivity with first obese cover model. I can't see it here. Oh, it's the the Babylon Bee. Isn't that like a conspiracy theory site? There's some fat Chinese man. It kind of looks made oh, up. Oh, I see it, yeah. I think it's made up. Yeah, it kind of looks made up. Oh, fuck off, man. That's... Uh, it's ridiculous. Well, the thing is, a lot of fat people, not all, obviously, but I mean, I've seen fat people pissing and moaning away national their teeth. I've even seen them, I've even seen a doctor, as in an MD, try to claim that one, being fat isn't unhealthy, and two, there's no such thing as visceral fat. You can see it on fucking cat scans. Yeah, he's he is denying the fact there is actually this thing you can see on cat scans. Well, being vastly over, being obese, being overweight, is positively correlated and causally so as well with things like heart attack, stroke, diabetes, early death from various causes, and even cancer. This is a fact. We know this. And I know science is always tentative, but we're looking at, you know, sigma five, sigma six um, certainty here. It's not a, a little bit of correlation. And maybe we, get, maybe we got the memo. Maybe we didn't. You know, everyone fucking knows this. It's true. We know it's true. Stop making excuses. If you want to be fat, be fat. It's your body. Do what you fucking like. But please don't try and tell everyone it's okay because it's not bad for you, because it is. You know? And have you noticed, right? It's 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 wrong. We're told it's wrong to comment on people's fatness if they're fat. Shouldn't do that. But they don't hesitate to comment on people who are lean and call them narcissistic. Yeah, that's different. You give people an inch and they take a mile. We we, we see it across the board. We we, we see it with lobbying, uh, as we spoke about before we came on. We saw about it, you know, a little bit of body acceptance. You know, we understand that it's hard being fat. You know, you shouldn't hate yourself, but you should do something about it. That's how it started off, which then turned into, well, if I love myself, then I shouldn't have to change, should I? Uh, and then demoning people who say they should change because apparently it's a bad thing to change. I've never understood that as well. I would never say people should do this or should do that. It's entirely I'm a libertarian. If you want to be fat, you can be fat. What you don't get to do is tell me that I can't say you're fat when it's an objective fact. You don't you don't get to deny science and tell me that there's no there's, there's no objective health risks to being overweight because there are. You don't get to tell me that I shouldn't I shouldn't have a six pack because it's perpetuating the idea of, of infeasible body types and of unachievable body types. You don't get to tell me that either. You know? Well, you can say it if you like, but don't expect to take you seriously. So, yeah, it, it, freedom works both ways. You are free to be fat. Like, I might not always do that because I'm not completely awful. I was going to say, you, you, 
I don't think you would do that. You're not that terrible. Yeah, you might give me a, a nudge and a wink. It depends how much they piss me off, to be honest. And it depends how big they are. Like sometimes some people are, like, this is going to sound horrible, but sometimes some people are so fucking fat, you can't help but notice. Like, and you, like there have been times where I've seen people that are so large, I have, like, it's, it's in awe. It's not even out of horror. It's just like, my God, how are you it's real? It's an achievement, man. Yeah, and I've grabbed Tamsin and I've gone, and she goes, you shouldn't say that, Connor. And I go, well, <laughs> I'm just talking to you. Like, so what the fuck are you on about? Don't you try and regulate my speech in a private conversation, but is he not massive? And she's like, yeah, he's pretty big. <laughs> I remember once in Tesco, I was back in the UK, so it's at least 15 years ago. This bloke in front of you was so fat, he, he had to turn sideways to get through the checkout. So he couldn't walk through. Front. I mean, unbelievable. And then there was, there was a woman at work where I used to work. And I swear this is true. Well, I swear it's true. I know one thing is true. The other one I was told. I was told she was actually classed as a fire hazard because she couldn't move much under her own steam. And I know what did happen to her. She sat on the shitter and it collapsed under her. And they had to get the fire brigade out to get her out of this thing. Ooh. Well, please don't tell me that's not deleterious to your mental health and your physical health, that you're so fat, you're immobile. We know immobility is deleterious to your health. I said deleterious about four times now. We know it's bad for your health. Have you have you seen or heard of someone called Nico Avocado, I think his name is? There's, there's a whole... Yeah, Google it. Nico, N-I-K-O, I think it is. I think his full name's probably Nicholas but Nico Avocado, he's a YouTuber, tens of millions of subs. He, uh, But look at his body transformation. He used to be small, very slight and skinny. He, he, he has like a, his audience is, is just in awe of like his transformation and his goal is to get as fat and as big as possible. And I watched a video of his because I was like, this, this isn't, this isn't real. Like this is made up. This is all comedy. And I watched a video. It's not comedy. He had another very large woman on the show with him. And uh, they were eating a ridiculous amount of food, something that they call a mukbang. And uh, at the end of it, they weighed themselves. They both put on weight and they both celebrated with champagne and all sorts because their aim is to put on fat every single week. Why would you do that? It's stunning. It's stunning. The, the geezer makes fucking millions because there's there's a mix of, I assume, fetish people and people just like in awe, just watching the story, like how fat can this cunt get? Let, let's be very, very clear here. If he wants to do that to himself, I don't care. It's not my business. He's, he's free to do it. But please don't tell me that it's healthy. Or, I mean, it's not physically healthy for him. And I think you've got to question his mental health as well. You know? And why would... why? I mean, of all the stupid things to do, to, to I mean, to be... He's doing it for attention. I quickly read, as you scanned the, the thing, he's doing it for attention. He, he admits he always liked the attention. So, and he's lying in... He's broken his ribs just lying in bed and shit because he's so fat. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I can't even begin to think how fucked up his psyche must be to, to need attention so badly. You're eat, eating himself slowly into an early grave. Uh, why would you do that? But hey, anyway, still responsibility control. He has control of what he eats. 
and he's responsible for it. And I know, I know, mental health is a is a tricky thing because people say, well, it can be such that it it actually um, diminishes your ability to make the right decisions. Yeah, I get that. I'm not arguing with that at all. Doesn't that still doesn't change the fact you are responsible for seeking help? It gets to the point, of course, where people get sectioned. I know someone who got sectioned. Oh, I also know someone who was in a secure unit, and she was told if she tried to leave, then she would be sectioned. So it's a distinction without a difference. Or a difference without a distinction, I should say. But the, the, the fact is, it's like when my anxiety was a problem. I, I couldn't help feeling the way I felt at the time. And I went and got some meds for it and all sorts. And that put me on the road to getting diagnosed as autistic with all the stress and the alexithymia and stuff. But it didn't change the fact that although I, I, I couldn't control it at that time, I was still responsible for getting it sorted. No one else was. And that was, I made that very clear from day one. Well, everyone's the same. We're all responsible for it. And if we're not responsible for it, we should be in a position where we're being looked after. We are sectioned. We are, we are in therapy even, or in therapy or even sectioned. You, know? you don't get a free pass because, oh, mental health, don't control it, but I want the freedom to do what I want. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't absolve yourself of responsibilities because of mental health. Three things you control. Thoughts, feelings, and your actions and of course that all boils down to choices and then choices plus actions equal consequences always and some people find it scary to accept responsibility for their thoughts and their feelings and their actions and i actually find it very liberating because knowing that of all this shit that's going on in the universe there are only three things i can control well that is incredibly empowering because it means my focus is intense very narrow yeah well yeah i don't have to start thinking yeah but what what colors my neighbor painted his kitchen ceiling this weekend you know get upset about that i don't that's the kind of shit people worry about it's inconsequential i don't have to worry about inconsequential things i don't even have to worry about things like my own death because that's inevitable i don't control that I have some control or influence on how long I live. And to the extent I could kill myself right now, I have full control. But, I, but over, the, over the fact of my death, I have no control at all. That's, it's going to happen. So what's the point you've worried about it? Well, that immediately takes a huge chunk of stress out of someone's life. Once you realize it's going to happen. So it's a learned skill. All these things, are, you know, control of your thoughts and your feelings, and then allowing those to direct your actions as opposed to having them directed by external events. They're all learnable skills. And the, the place to start, in my opinion, is with stoicism, because that's really what it's all about. You know, it's not about suppressing emotions at all. If someone was to charge out of an alleyway waving a fucking samurai sword, I'd have that sudden rush of adrenaline, the same as anybody else would. But what I wouldn't do is panic, because after a very short period of time, and the idea is to narrow that period of time down, you're your, your conscious mind, your cogent mind takes over. This is why you know, we, we, we train people in this all the time. Pilots, soldiers, firemen, police. We train people, learner drivers. They, they, they're taught not to panic when someone pulls out on you. You know, we taught this and then we practice it. So it's, there's nothing new here at all. And as the Romans used to say, Train hard, fight easy. The more you practice this in the, in the confines of, say, your own head, in your own office, with your, with your peers, in a mastermind group, whatever, 
all this, the stuff on stoicism, like dealing with the effects of emotions and making conscious, rational choices as opposed to, to being steered by all this inconsequential bullshit, the easier it is when the shit hits the fan. Now, the, the time to be learning fire drills is not when the fire is burning and the, 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 the house is in flames around your ears. All right? The time to, do, to learn these drills is beforehand. You put the smoke alarm in before the fire starts, you know? It's not difficult stuff. It's difficult at first because it's new to us. And for, for obvious reasons, governments are not insisting children are taught to be resilient, stoic and self-reliant because they grow into stoic, reliant and, and uh, resilient adults who don't need government to tell them what to do. And it's so bad now, full circle, we have a member of the government absolving himself of responsibility for his choices and his actions because pressure. That's how fucking shit society is. And you've got a, another choice now. You can either choose to partake in that yourself and buy into the bullshit, or you can do something different. And we teach something different. Sermon over. Sermon over. An easy thing, you, if you want to start taking control of your emotions, you, you should absolutely look at stoicism. An easy thing you can start doing today is uh, remove the phrase "you made me feel X" from your from your vocabulary. Every time you say to someone "you made me feel angry," "you made me feel sad," you it, you lose all power because you are admitting you do not control your, your your emotions. And anything that you continuously say, you're going to believe is fucking true. So remove that. Own your own emotions and realize they're under your own control. Stop saying "you make me sad" when you do this. Not only is it emotional blackmail and not really looking at the action and the root cause of problems, you are completely absolving yourself of any responsibility of your own emotions. Well, it's, it's also factually incorrect, because I've said to people, well, okay, well, so it makes you feel a certain way. Well, would you mind explaining to me what the mechanism is for that? Because the biological mechanism for you or someone else being in control of my feelings, because, you know, it affects, say it affects me that way, but it affects someone else differently. So how does that work? All right. How, how does that work? Now, there is a thing called emotional contagion. It's effective empathy. Um, we talk about empathy in another episode, but you know, most people don't have a clue what they're talking about when they mention empathy. So there is a way for us to catch emotions, but that's just us copying others. You know, they don't make us do that. We, we see their emotions. We take them on board and then we say, OK, I'm going to feel that way then effectively. We don't have to do that. There is no mechanism to put someone else like a fucking marionette in control of your emotions. People don't want to know that. They don't want to hear that because, like you say, believing that, believing opposite, believing that others do make them feel a certain way, absolves them responsibility for their feelings and their actions. And have you noticed, right, how, what you, how you feel about something nowadays is more important than what you actually do about it? So if you do a good, if you, if, if you know, all these people, Standing with Ukraine with their little fucking flags and their, their, their fucking LinkedIn banners and stuff. How pathetic is that? What are they actually doing about it? And if you do someone a good turn and have no feelings at all, is that better or worse than having a real, real empathy for someone's situation but doing nothing to help them? Well, I know which one I'd rather do. I'd rather feel nothing and do something and help them. Which, which is actually what I do do when I help people because I have my feelings like that. Yeah, we, we, I also have an announcement, John, because we're nearing the end of the episode. Oh, yeah.
we knew that. Look at my hat. <laughs> I can't say that. All right, so that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of All the right, point okay. that I was about to make. <laughs> so we, we just made to, to me and John what is completely a completely inoffensive joke uh, because it's just that it's a joke. However. Holly has been uh, warning us about what we speak about and what we can and can't say. Um, so some things that we do say that are a little bit close to the line, close to the wire, uh, they're actually going to be beeped out. So you wouldn't have just heard what I said there. It was a... Uh, you wouldn't have heard it. Like, you have to beep that out as well. Is that not a thing oh. you can say? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. You've got no idea what we're talking about <laughs> right now. I made the joke. You're going to have no idea what's going on. But this is kind of the point because the full unedited, unedited raw episodes are going to be uploaded exclusively to the membership site. Because sometimes, and this isn't going to happen every single episode, uh, but sometimes we talk about things that are a little bit close. Is it close to the wire? What's the saying here, John? Close to the knuckle, near to the knuckle. Close, near to the knuckle. Some things are a bit too near to the knuckle. We don't want to get taken down. We're, we're finally building up a, a head of steam. So anything that Holly deems is a little bit controversial, it's going to get bleeped out. It's only going to be a few words here and there. However, if you want the full un unedited episodes, you can listen to them on our membership site. And in order to get access to the membership site, you have to buy a copy of the fucking book. It's £5 at wellfedfreelancer.com. The whole concept of being offended is completely foreign to me. I don't get it. What does it feel like? This is, I mean, sometimes when I describe being Alexa Vimic to people, they, they kind of feel sympathy for me. Oh, that must be awful. I think it's fucking brilliant. Because I, I literally have no idea what being offended would feel like or why you'd even want to feel that way. Honestly, it's... But people get offended at because what they're saying is what they're saying is and this is pertinent, Connor. Right, we can finish here if you like. But what they're saying is when they say I'm offended, what they're saying is, oh, I've had an emotional reaction to something you've said, which they don't control, and I want you to deal with it for me. I, I, I'm absolving myself all responsibility for dealing with my own feelings. You're responsible for them because you said it. On, on what planet does that make any fucking sense? Seriously. I don't know. And I'm probably not the best person to ask because a lot of this stuff has always come natural to me. And also because I've got the secondhand tism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've caught the tisms, haven't you? And you've vaccinated. Several times. But uh, yes, yeah, so I'm not the best person to ask, but we can talk about it. We're definitely not qualified to talk about it from both sides of the coin, but Absolutely we can look not. at one side of the coin. <laughs> but on that note, John, anything else you want to say? And any call to actions you want to make? No, uh, all I'd say is I recommend people get the book because it will change your life and uh, it will. But I'll also caution you: there's a lot about responsibility in there. If you're not going to take responsibility for your own prices, your own terms and conditions, the way you react and interact with clients, react to and interact with clients, if you're not prepared to be responsible for that by making hard choices, you don't want the book. Just just go back to LinkedIn and join in your echo chamber and feel sorry for yourself. And on that note, goodbye. Say goodbye. Not everyone can see you oh, waving. Sorry.
Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> uh.